To you it's just a game, for me it's all I know I make them remember my name before I have to go Losing, I can't fathom, that's a champion's passion Confidence never lacking, drop the beat, let's attack them They be checking for the content, you tired of that nonsense No gimmicks, break limits, quality is I promise This is more than a show, this is a way of life Cause the game as it grows, takes us to higher heights Check the stats before you check me And don't tell me who the greatest if you don't know the history Robert Ramon and Carlos the new big three and if the pins ain't from them don't bring them to me because i go off like a rocket launcher man i just ain't the beat i'm a real monster i can hear the crowd chanting mvp that's my mantra here's a standing on for the opinionated bench warmers Welcome to the Opinionated Bench Warmers Podcast, episode 80. The fellas is back. Happy New Year to all the listeners. Welcome to the other side of 2021, 2020. It was quite a year, but we're back in this thing for 2021 to discuss the sports thing. Back in the sports world. What's up, fellas? As always, I got Carlos in here from San Antonio. We got Ramon from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And the voice you're hearing right now is Rob. What's going on, fellas? What's going on, man? Happy New Year to the listeners out there. Um, I'm glad you guys are back with us, rocking with us this year. You know, obviously we got big things coming up this year, and we we plan on becoming bigger and better this year. So continue to rock with us. Yeah, man. Same here. Happy New Year to everybody listening. Happy New Year to my bros on here. Uh, ready to get it rocking, ready to get it rolling in 2021. Looking to do some great things. Uh, so be on the lookout for a lot of it. We definitely planning to take this, you know, to the next level and the level beyond that and the level beyond that, uh, looking for some great things. Um, but, you know, I'm not going to hold it too much longer. I'm ready to get right into it, like I pretty much say every time. So so let's get it going, man. Hey, that was good intros, fellas. That was good intros. We thank the listeners for hanging with us, the ones that we picked up in 2020. Despite everything that's going on around us, the support has grown. Our listenership has grown. Our markets have grown. So we'll just appreciate you. If this is your first time listening, this is how the PNA Adventure Warmers do it. We hope that you enjoy it. For the ones that's been rocking with us since day one, we appreciate you and shout out to you. We got more merch coming this year. We got, uh, hopefully we can get YouTube up this year as well. But we got some good things going. So just continue to support us. Make sure that you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. Make sure that you're sharing this with a friend and your fellow fans or whatever sports you like, please share that with them. If you like sports just as much as we do right now, we're going to get it to Doug Peterson because I thought that he would have been rocking and rolling in 2021, but the reports came out that he will retain his job going forward for next season. Week 17 was the, was in the NFL was the week of many storylines, but I think that the Eagles really led off with that thing on that Sunday night. Was it Sunday night or Monday night, fellas? Sunday night. Sunday night football game. Everything's going well. They're in a close game with the uh, Washington Redskins. And Washington football team. Was- oh, I did it again. That's an <laughs> Every got week, it, man. That's an Every week. <laughs> <laughs> you got it, bro. You got it. With the Washington football team. And – what can you say? Jalen Hurts was battling, and it could have been a good experience for him. It was like, what, the fourth quarter with, like, what, six minutes left? Maybe something like that. And he was pulled uh, for Nate Stuffield, which would, which they, which Doug Peterson claimed he's been on the roster for four years, and he wanted to give him a look at a look at Nate, which I'm not quite buying because you put the best player in, and Jalen apparently is going to be your future. So why wouldn't you want to see him – you know, work, try to work his way from behind in the game. So it makes no sense at all. But of course, the Giants was upset because the Giants was relying on Philadelphia, I mean, on the Philadelphia to knock Washington off so they could get in the playoffs. But obviously, that didn't happen. So what do you make of it with Doug Peterson with this questionable move? And do you feel as though, do you feel like Doug is telling the truth that he just wants to get a good look at Nate? I think if we looking at it at a big picture, I think Doug. Peterson, Don't do it. Pete, Don't you I think do he. It. No, I think he is the fall man. 
I don't think the decision came from him. You know what I'm saying? I think it was one of those things that it came from upstairs during the game, like, okay, we have a chance to win this thing. Let's make sure we don't win this game. Let's do something to make sure we don't. You know what I'm saying? I think he is a fall man. He's not going to do that. He's not going to say that because that's who's paying him. That's his employee. You know what I'm saying? And so I think right now everybody's kind of taking it hard on him, but I don't think it's on him. I think he is a competitor. I think he wanted to win. I mean, he is a Super Bowl champion coach. I think he wanted to win that game. But, again, they're looking at it as an asset standpoint. You know, they lose this game. You know, you, you're looking at the now with, with the sixth pick instead of, you know, falling out of the top ten and X, Y, and Z. They're looking at it as draft position. They know that winning that game did nothing for them but hurt their draft position. And so, again, I think the position, the call came from upstairs. And I think it happened during the game probably. Well, it adds on to what you're saying, Los, and I'll let you go, Ramon. Of course, what Los is alluding to is that the difference between them, the Philadelphia Eagles winning and losing their game was the ninth and the sixth pick. So being that they did end up losing it, losing the game, they ended up with a sixth pick as opposed to a ninth pick. I understand the logic, but go ahead, Ramon. Yeah, no, I, I agree completely with Los. I believe that, like he said, that he's just the fall man in this situation. And that's why, you know, his job wasn't on the line because he did what they wanted him to do, ultimately. Um, and so I believe that it was one of those things that it puts a bad taste in the players' mouths because I'm sure that, of course, they as competitors want to win that game. And they're out there, you know, fighting to get the W. But at the end of the day, what was really actually better for the organization is to take that loss right there. Um, so I think that it's one of those things that he's going to hear about it for a little bit it'll end up dying down and ultimately Eagles fans will be happy when they have that sixth pick instead of the ninth pick. Um, and ultimately it'll end up being swept under the rug. But um, I mean, I know that, you know, like you were saying earlier, I mean, he was clearly lying about, you know, what he wanted to see. There's no reason really other than you tanking at that point <laughs> for you to put in uh, that quarterback. So obviously right. we know what he was doing. I personally I don't have as big of an issue with it. I know that the Giants are out here talking about, you know, right. you know what, what they should have done. And, and, you know, you should have played right. to win the game, lack of a better term. But y'all right. went 6-10, and ten, man. <laughs> y'all right. went 6-10. So, right. don't right. get me wrong. I agree. So, yeah. Yeah. I agree. I, I'll just say this and add this. I don't think it's necessarily Eagles fans that are upset about it. You know, I, I follow maybe three. I've seen maybe one that was upset about it. I, I don't think it's necessarily Eagles fans that are upset about it. I think it's everybody else on the outside looking in. You know, obviously the Eagles players are upset. Obviously the Giants are upset. You know, you know they, they won. They were probably pretty much in. So I don't necessarily think the fans of those teams is upset. So – um, I mean, again, I, I'm just I'm just really, really excited to see what Jalen Hurts do with that team. And then you look at a situation where Wentz, right? Obviously, Wentz is a player that they have to make a decision on. You know, I saw today where the, during the third day of the league year, when the league year starts, they owe him a $10 million uh, bonus. So they're going to have to make a decision. Do they want to take that dead money, pay him, and ultimately leave him, uh, end up, you know, either trade him, um, so, you know, we may see a decision on him pretty soon. Are they going to turn the, the, the reins over to Jalen Hurts? Is he going to lead that team? Because, again, Jalen Hurts did not look bad as that team starting quarterback. He actually looked um, like he can be a starting quarterback in the NFL, you know, and that was really surprising to a lot of people. They really counted him out. They just thought he was, you know, pretty much a gadget guy. He couldn't do reads and all that stuff. He really, you know, during his first start, beat the New Orleans Saints. You know, and that was one of the top defenses out there at the time, and he <laughs> like he, he beat them. So I and mean, we, it we was still, we still a top defense. And... Right, right. <laughs> the Saints are still a top defense. So that really speaks to how good Jalen Hurts was, was that game. And he, of course, he had a shootout with Kyler Murray. So again, I'm excited to see him. I hope I don't see what the discussion is at this point. Turn the team over to Jalen Hurts. He's a cheaper option right now on a rookie rookie deal. See if you can trade somebody like Wentz to somebody like the Colts, right? The Colts are on a – their quarterback situation is kind of murky right now. They what is up with you naming our Bill favorite teams and all this? <laughs> no, no, I, this is real. This is real. You're making good points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just joking around. I'm just playing. Phillip Rivers is on a one-year deal. We know Phillip Rivers, no, he sees the end at the end of the tunnel right now. 
He's he played one more year than Eli Manning. Eli Manning obviously just just retired. And so now you're looking at Phillip Rivers, who's probably going to retire after this year. And then we already know, we don't know if Jacoby is the guy, you know. And so I can see them taking a shot and having a camp battle between Jacoby and Wentz, you know, um, and seeing what happens. Because right now, the Colts are a team that's built to win now. You know, they may need just that young quarterback to lead them. And we've seen Wentz, when he had a good team around him, lead a team and was an MVP candidate. Well, yeah, and I just, don't... just really quickly to add on to that, since, you know, you brought my Colts into the discussion. Also, too, just the connection between Wentz and Frank Reich. You got to remember that Frank Reich was his offensive coordinator uh, for some years out there in Philly. So there's already that connection right there. And um, I agree with you. I mean, it's interesting to see if he could get back to being himself. But like you said, with really that QB away. Uh, I still think about to this day what this team would look like if we had Andrew Luck. Uh, but I could definitely see something like that happening. So I just wanted to mention that as well, that that connection also between Frank Reich and Carson Wentz is there. Well, I'm not letting you two off the hook with this uh, discussion we're having about Doug Peterson or the front office decision. I do have a click of, clip of uh, Joe Judge, which is the New York Giants football head coach. And we're about to see what his thoughts were about these tanking Eagles and Doug Peterson. I was actually watching our uh, first Tampa game with the uh, Philly-Washington game on in the background right there. So, look, there's been a lot made of that game, you know, internal or, you know, from the outside. Let me just be very clear on this. We had 16 opportunities this year. That's it. It's our responsibility to take care of our opportunities. We had our opportunities. We need to learn from the lessons we had about the day, and I just can't express it. The one thing to keep in mind with this season is we had a lot of people opt in All right, here we go. to this here we season. Go. Okay. We had a lot of people opt in. All right. Coaches, players, that includes family members as well. All right. So to look at a group of grown men who I asked to give me effort on a day in, day out basis and to empty the tank, and then I can look them in the eye and assure them that I'm always going to do everything I can to put them at a competitive advantage and play them in a position of strength. To me, you don't ever want to disrespect those players and their effort and disrespect the game. The sacrifices that they made to come into work every day and test before coming in, to sit in meetings spaced out, to wear masks, to have shields over those masks, to go through extensive protocols, to travel in unconventional ways, to get text messages at 6.30 in the morning telling practice is going to be canceled, we have to do a virtual day, okay? To tell them, please don't have your family over for Thanksgiving, please avoid Christmas gatherings, we know it's your wife's birthday. Let's make sure we put that one off to the off season. There's a number of sacrifices been made by all the players and coaches in this league. There's a number of sacrifices that come along as well with the family members of the people connected to them. To disrespect the effort that everyone put forward to make this season a success for the National Football League, to disrespect the game by going out there and not competing for 60 minutes and doing everything you can to help those players win, we will never do that as long as I'm the head coach of the New York Giants. Well, there you have it, man. And I think that he shared my sentiments. I think he said it the best way possible. Again, that was Joe, Joe Judge, head coach of the football, New York Giants. And I, that's what I think. I mean, I think you're cheating the game when you are tanking this way or when you pull stunts like that. You kept guys, you know, you not only did he inadvertently – affect the Giants, well, directly affect the Giants because that's the reason why the Giants are sitting at home instead of competing against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on this wild card Sunday. But, it, you know, it, I, I do think I, I do think that it adds a lot of credence to it. I mean, that's how I felt about it. I mean, when that decision – I thought about Jalen in general. Y'all mentioned how good Jalen could potentially be and how well he did against my Saints and how well he got into a battle with Kyler Murray. But you're affecting and stunting his development. And I think that, again, you know, the reason why I'm calling for Doug Peterson's uh, dismissal uh, uh, somewhat, or at least he should be on the high seat. I know he won a Super Bowl. Um, but it's just the way, you know, in Carson Wentz's development as well. I mean, I think that his development has been stunted a little bit uh, being in the Eagles. Now, I think a lot of it is his fault, but I do think that their offensive line is terrible. And I think that they could do some, 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 more, some more to the line. Also, I feel like they could get some more weapons around him. I know Jalen Rager was age was a little banged up this year, uh, and he really and he dropped some pass. He didn't really, uh, I guess, was, wasn't a plug and play as they thought he would. But 
you know, I, I do think that a, a lot of it does rely um, does lie on Doug Peterson, not just specifically for this week week finale, but I mean, just bringing it back to surface of the, of the subject at hand. I do feel like you're cheating your players because I know that every single player in that locker room uh, wanted to play to win, and they was upset with Jalen. There was even reports that defensive backs had to be held back from confronting him on the sideline for that decision. So. I think that you lose a respect for a lot of guys. And I think going forward, you know, we see even in, in, in Dallas with, um, with, with uh, Coach McCarthy about the lack of respect that he has. Them guys not running through walls for him. Them guys really uh, pretty, pretty much packed it in halfway through the season. And I think Doug Peterson, when you do things like this, even if he is the fall man, uh, but the players don't know that, obviously – you know, when you do actions like this, you are at risk of having guys on a team that's not going to run through that wall, that's not going to play hard for you. And I think that that's what he endangered himself in doing. I mean, I do I do partially agree with that, um, that, you know, you can bring up the factor of respecting the game. And I do think that, you know, that you did, like you mentioned, have a lot of players who were upset with it. The league in general was upset with it. Um, but at the end of the day, just getting back to what Los was saying, I don't believe that this was just a Doug Peterson move. I just don't believe that. I don't think that a head coach in that particular moment is thinking in that way that all of a sudden, you know, I'm going to pull him and I'm going to do this. Like, this is obviously at the top of the franchise. They know that there is a difference between you having the sixth and the ninth pick. And so he has become the fall guy in this situation. I think that the Eagles did have a tough season, as you mentioned, and so maybe you could talk about him a little bit on the high seat from that. But, I mean, that the whole division stunk. So pretty much fire all those coaches then if you're going to do that. So I think that that team needs to get healthy again. I think that once you add this sixth pick into it, um, maybe they give Jalen Hurts even another weapon potentially when you have, you know, the, the Jamar Chases of the world or Devontae Smiths or something like that to try to right the wrong of passing over Justin Jefferson. But I, at the end of the day, the Eagles as a franchise to me did what was in their best interest as a franchise. And I know that it sucks that they did it that way and that it can impact other teams in the league and it directly impacted the Giants. And I have no issue with the coach coming out and saying what he's saying. That's going to cause his players to truly rally behind him. But at the end of the day, it was about what was best for the Eagles. And to me, Peterson was just the one who had to execute the plan. Yeah. I, mean, I don't, I don't, particularly disagree uh but i i mean i don't think that i think that this particular incident was the icing on the cake to me uh just evaluating doug peterson throughout the whole season i mean i know he's he's had to battle a lot of injuries but i mean i think even the decision maybe again you're saying maybe the front office that Jalen hurts wasn't in even sooner than when he did, because it was clear that Carson was detached from this season. It was completely uh, obvious that he's lost all his confidence in it as a quarterback I, I, a long time ago. But I think that, again, he, whether it was the front office, whether it was Doug Peterson, of course, they had to maybe even justify and give him chance after chance because of how much money they paid him, which was premature, and just threw money at him. And now, you know, they, they don't even want to trade him because they know that they're not going to – what, who's going to take on that contract, you know, with the risk of, of getting a, a Wentz? Is this a one-off season for him? We don't know that yet. You know, it may be just a one-off bad season, but, you know, you know, if, if they do, who's going to risk taking him on and taking on that contract? So, I mean, just evaluating Doug Peterson across the board this season, I think that you have to take a long look at him. I just think that this incident may have been the icing on the cake, you know? So, um, Moving on, we got, speaking of wild card weekend, we got a lot of action-packed football, a lot of great matchups this weekend, and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Saturday and Sunday, you got three games on Saturday, and I think you got three on Sunday, right? But regardless, it's going to be action-packed, and we got a lot of great matchups. So, you know, let's get into it like we always do. We'll get into wild card weekend. We're going to matchups. Uh, if any matchups that interest you guys, of course, we can speak on it, but let, we can maybe just start off by doing predictions and seeing who will win across the board. Uh, I'm going to pull up the matchups, and we'll get going on it. Uh, I should have been way prepared. Y'all talk. 
No, I'm definitely excited. Uh, one thing that we can say is that all three of our teams will be in action this weekend. Uh, so all of oh our boy. teams fared pretty well so far this season. Uh, it's going to be intriguing. I really think both conferences, I mean, when you look at the AFC and realize the lowest win total over there was 11 wins, that means you have a lot of quality teams there. But I think there's some very intriguing matchups also um, on the NFC side as well. In particular, I'm not going directly to it now, but I'm just having a precursor. I really think y'all matchup uh, lows is going to be very interesting. The Rams and Seahawks is one that I'm definitely interested in seeing this weekend. But we can go. Right, let's talk. Let's talk about this. Well, I was going. All right, so we got. I, I know you chopping at the bit to talk about your. Yeah, he couldn't wait. He's like, well, since you mentioned it, he's like, oh, good segue, good transition. There. <laughs> All right, so we got the Colts and the Bills here. Uh, we got them coming on at noon on CBS. A very, very interesting, interesting, and I think the AFC is like a Western Conference final. Western Conference is that man. These teams, you would think that they would be have a buy or something, but here we are. So we got the Colts and the Bills. Uh, I'm going to go with the Bills. I mean, it, it could go either way, honestly. But I think that the Bills, that home field advantage is what will ultimately get them edge. But I think it's going to be a close game there. Interesting. Yeah, so right now I'm looking at it with that game. Right now the Bills are a six-and-a-half favorite going into that game. We're all, you know, the betting lines with people out there. And it's supposed to be a uh, – got an over-under of – over under 51 points. So it may be a high scoring game. Um, I think the game really is going to come down to um, who, who can get a stop. You know what I'm saying? Because again, the, 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 the Buffalo Bills have been playing lights out on offense, you know, and obviously now the Colts have gotten their run game going. You know, we gave your boy Jonathan Taylor some, he gave him some crap early in the year because he wasn't running hard, but now he's running like a different animal now. So, you know, one thing that changes in the playoffs, teams that can run the ball. You know, that is the equalizer of all. You know, we've seen before last year when the Tennessee Titans ran into a lot of those teams. They, they ultimately got knocked off eventually last year, but that was the equalizer. They could not stop the run. And when you got a run game, that's the difference in this game. So I can see really the Colts upsetting the Bills this week. And I'm going to go with the Colts upsetting the Bills this week just because they have a run game. And when it comes down to it, if you can't run the ball right now, I'm just looking at it. The Bills can't run the ball. You know, they – you look at their um, average run per, per carry, it's not that great, you know. And so you're looking at, you know, obviously Devin Singletary and then you're looking at Zach Moss. These aren't guys that has been killing in the run game this year. And so I can really see, you know – the Colts really stepping on it and running the game and, and sucking the air out the clock and keeping the ball out of Josh Allen's hand. Yeah, um, and, and I agree with that. I think that that's what uh, the Colts, and I'm going to go ahead and say we, that's my team, uh, that's what we're going to have to do is to be able to run the ball um, and control that time of possession. Because honestly, we have a, a couple pieces that will be out in um, two, particularly in our secondary, with one of our corners and Rocky Sin being out. And um, also our safety and, and uh, Kyrie Willis is going to be out um, as well. So we're going to have some pieces missing in that secondary. And so you're going to want to make sure that you control that clock. The Bills have been looking great. Like, honestly, if you're looking from an objective um, standpoint and, and me, you know, not being a Colts fan, that's a tough game. The Bills have been rolling lately. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and, and side with my Colts. I think we'll be able to run the ball. Uh, as I've told y'all before this season started, Philip Rivers scares me. Like, he scares me. You don't know what you're going to get. You may get a good performance where he comes out and throws to 300 yards and three TDs. And you may also get that performance where on the what could be the game-winning drive, he throws a terrible interception. Um, so that's the thing that worries me going into this playoff run. But I got to go with my heart right here, honestly, and I'm going to have to roll with the Colts taking this one. I think one thing to add that's to your favor, ironically, what I was going to add on is that y'all y'all advantage will be Phillip Rivers with all that experience that he has. Um, I think that he, it, you know, playoff games are funny because everything just means so much more. You know, having that experienced quarterback, knowing, you know, you know, catch it, like, for instance, you know, like the Tom Brady special, Aaron Rodgers special, catching that guy running off the field and hyping the ball quickly to get five extra yards uh, on a penalty, too many men on the field. 
it's that type of game in the playoffs. So I think that to y'all advantage is that y'all do have a Phillip Rivers. I think he will be sharp. And I think you're going to love the fact that y'all have him on his side. Uh, I know that uh, on the other side, Josh Allen has a little bit. He was in the playoffs last year of playoff experience. But, I mean, you know, Phillip Rivers, man, he he's a Hall of Famer. So I, I would love to have a Hall of Famer on my on my team in this position. But I think it, it'll be too much with Stephon Diggs and, and, the, and company. Uh, so, uh, so next we got uh, who we got next? Who, who played the next game? The Bucks and the I'm playing. <laughs> the, the Rams and the Seahawks coming on at three forty on Fox. Three forty. These are Central times because I live in the Central time zone. Three forty um, on Fox. Uh, it, again, I mean, it, it could go either way. I, I'm expecting a very low scoring game. I'm expecting like a, a maybe like a. a a 15 oh weird score, like 15 to 6 or something like that. I'm going to have to go with the Seahawks, man. I don't think the Rams for the past few weeks, no offense, Los, I don't think they've looked the greatest. Um, and, and I don't think it's, it's because of y'all team. Y'all defense is what it is with Aaron Donald, who's the best football player in the entire league, like regardless of position. I'm not. It's not because of him. It, it, or Jalen Ramsey, who may be a top three corner in this league. It's not him. It's just y'all's quarterback, former number one pick in the NFL draft. And, you know, I think we've had discussions, Lowe's, that he's been very inconsistent. I'm going to leave a lot for you to speak on because this is your team. But it goes along with my prediction. I just think that that will ultimately be the problem. And even though the Seahawks have been suspect on defense all year, they've tightened up uh, because they've gotten healthy, of course, with Jamal Adams. Uh, and, and others, but I think that I mean you got Russell Wilson with all of that experience, another future Hall of Famer who's gonna play great lights out, and I think that he'll he'll eventually figure it out, and I think that that'll be the cause of it. I don't think it'll be high scoring, but I think the Seahawks probably will edge all out. But I think they'll win probably about six points. Yeah, that's that's I, I like your points that you're saying. Yes, we probably do have one of the most inconsistent quarterbacks. One week he's looking like a pro bowler, maybe even etching on Hall of Famer, you know, and then the next week he's looking like, where were you throwing, you know? So there's no argument you're going to get from me on that. You know, I, you guys know how I feel about Jerry Goff. I used to defend the guy, but, you know, sometimes you just can't – you got to accept the player that, that you have in front of you with his inconsistency. He is what he is right now. He is what he is right now. But looking at the numbers here right now in the Seattle Seahawks are – um, a three-and-a-half favorite going into the game. The game over-under is 42, which is lower, you know. Um, and so I, my prediction going into the game, we played Seattle early in the year and we beat Seattle, you know, and the last game came down to really a Jamal Adams stopping them, stopping us at the goal line and hurting Daryl Henderson and throwing off and then Jared Goff thumb getting hurt that game. So a lot of factors went into that game. You know, if you look at – you look at what what – Aaron Donald said at the end of the game um, when we beat the Cardinals to get into the playoffs, he said, you know, that's exactly who we wanted. We wanted the Seattle Seahawks. We wanted to play them again. And so from that standpoint, looking at it, then you got a Jamal Adams who was banged up, who didn't finish the last game week 17 with a shoulder injury, which he missed games early in the year with his left shoulder. Now it's his right shoulder. I wouldn't be surprised, you know, one player, one coach you cannot – trust with his injury reports is Pete Carroll. He's never been honest with his injury He's always optimistic. Very optimistic. He'll be fine. He keeps it close to the vest, honestly. He very very much does. And so I can really see – I wouldn't be surprised Jamal Adams missed this game. You know, and then, again, we talk about Jared Goff, but even Jared Goff is not even guaranteed to be even our starting quarterback this week. And so we may be looking at John Wolford. Wolford, you pronounced that route. Right. But – we may be looking at another week of him, which, again, he gives us the ability to run. He gives us something with his legs that Jared Goff couldn't give us. And so because of that, it's going to be a game that's very unpredictable. It's going to be who's going to make the right play at the right time, who's going to make that first mistake, and that's going to determine the game. And so I really see this game coming down to maybe even a field goal. It's going to be a heartbreak. You know, I really think because, again, we know these teams so well. We just played them two weeks ago. It's going to come down to the small things. Yeah. You know, it's going to be a good game. It's going to be a close game. It's not going to be a blowout. I don't expect right. that. Yeah. I don't but I expect that. us – I expect it come down to maybe a field goal. And that's probably why they have it to, like, a three-and-a-half favorite right now. Yeah. Right. Um, I, I agree oh, with – Of course, you got the Rams winning by a field goal. I do. Yeah. 
I uh, I really agree with, with basically kind of what both of y'all have been saying. Uh, I kind of led into it before this segment that this is really outside of, of course, me watching my own team. This is the game that I'm the most intrigued by this weekend. I think it will probably be the best game of the weekend as far as, like you saying, I really can see it coming down to a field goal. Um, I'm siding right now with the Seahawks on this one just because of the Russell Wilson impact. Um, I believe in Russell Wilson. I believe in what he can do in the playoffs. He's a proven winner. And so that's simply why I'm siding that way. Y'all have already kind of got into it a lot, so I don't really have much to add to it. But um, I think that these teams are very evenly matched. And to me, I think it's going to be the best game of the weekend. Yeah. Now, they, you know, it'd be fine. Like the Titans and the Ravens ain't playing this weekend. But that I mean, right. that one is that one is a good one as well. I mean, that was second on my list. <laughs> nah, that's okay, no, that's your opinion, man. No, no, no. I, you know what I think would be fun, though? We got our predictions on who we think would win. And we just do a little graphic that we put on our site that says not even scores or nothing like that, but just like who we think who's going to win or whatever. Just yeah. so we can hold it close to the vest, you know, we not just spouting out stuff here. We yeah. can be like, okay, we feel this way about yeah, this. Strong. So somebody writing this down? Uh, nah, I, yeah, I got it. Write I, it down. Uh, okay, yeah. I got it. That's fine. Right. I got it. You got it? <laughs> you got his paper licking his pen. <laughs> right. <laughs> all right. All right. Cool. So we got some documentation and we'll, we'll hopefully we can get that on our site too so you can, the listeners can see visuals of who we choose to win. So we got the Bucks and the Washington football team. There you go. There playing you go. in Washington on NBC at 7.15 Central Time, guys. I'm going to go – I'm going to go Bucks here. I don't think it'll be as – I don't think it's going to be – I think they'll win by a touchdown and a field goal. But I think it'll be an interesting game. I, I think that the, the, the Washington team, football team, has – their defense, that's what I like so much about them. Their front seven is so tough, and they make games interesting. And like I've said in past, I'm not going to be the dead horse, but if you can get pressure on Tom and make him uncomfortable, you can potentially cause some problems. Uh, Antonio Gibson, you know, is a, is, a, is a stellar back. He had a, a great rookie year, came out of nowhere. And, you know, of course, we know how we are about Scary Terry, but their quarterback play. You know, they have to figure it out there. Alex Smith, unfortunately, it's a great story that he came back after a gruesome injury. But we all know that when you're away from the game that long, your timing's off. And he's a little rusty. I don't know if that's enough to duel with Tom. But I think ultimately, I mean, Tom with, with is, a, is the GOAT, man. He got six of them things. And he's a proven winner. So I, I think that ultimately it'll be interesting. But uh, it, the Bucks will win. I guess I went on. I just tried to make it interesting so it wouldn't be a 10 second segment. <laughs> <laughs> no, so looking at that matchup, Bucks versus Washington, and looking at the numbers going into it, the Bucks and the Washington right now, they have the Bucks as um, eight point favorites going into that game with a 44 and a half over under, you know, in points in that game. So I think the Washington football team. Hey. Have the right formula, right formula to beat them. I don't think they will. I don't think they will. I'm, that's not my prediction. Don't write that down. That's not my prediction. <laughs> I think that eight point favorite is one of those. If I was a bet man here, that would be one of those ones I would take because I think it's going to be much closer than what people think. The mm. reason I say that is we've seen all year when Tom Brady, you know, and you mentioned it before, is rattled in the pocket, and they have Chase Young is on a different. He's different. Let's talk about that. Yeah, that man beast. is. Yeah, that's not a rookie. That's a no, man. That's, <laughs> that's a grown man. You know what I'm saying? Like, just from his clips, just real quick, from his clips, getting on his teammates and motivating his team as a rookie. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's yeah. different. You know, you don't see rookies coming out trying to demand his teammates and demand greatness from his teammates and then going after the game and saying, I'm coming for you, Tom. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, what rookie is coming out and saying that? Yeah. So, from that standpoint, that's giving his team confidence. You know what I'm saying? So, I see that as – one of those things that they're going to compete. And Alex Smith, I know you touched on a little bit about him being rusty, but he is 5-1 as, as that team's starting quarterback. And so I look at that as he is no – I can't even think of the guy's name that just got cut. Um, uh, Dwayne, Dwayne Haskins. Haskins. Yeah, he's no Dwayne Haskins on that team. You know, he, 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 he's a check down king. We know that about Alex Smith. And he's going to be a game manager. He's not going to lose the game for you. But, again, 
if they can play good defense, don't turn the ball over, I think they're going to keep that game closer than what people, you know, and what the odds and obviously Vegas and things have them. And so I still got the Bucks edging them out just because of Tom Brady greatness and the weapons they have over there and them starting to click. But I think that game is going to be much closer. It's going to be probably within a touchdown or lower. Well, I mean, Derek White on the Buccaneers team is on the COVID list right now. And he may not – I think they already said he's going to be pretty much – Devin White won't be playing. He won't be. So, I mean, that's big. But they will get Shaquille Barrett back. But I don't know. I don't think – you know, I don't think – and the thing about Alex Smith is that his mobility is is gone. It's shot. He's not able to – that was a big part of his game before he – had that yeah, I think y'all pretty much shared it, man. I have the books in that game. I'm just intrigued to see. <laughs> Remember, say you'll keep it short. <laughs> yeah, you, you took my. You, you leave the point. next one. Yeah, you, I, you, I, you, know, you leave the next one, man. I was coming with the Devin White point, but then you kind of just snatched that one for me. Oh. So I was just like, okay, <laughs> well, well, I guess um, no. So I, I definitely still rolling with the books on that. I think it'll be an intriguing matchup. I'm just trying to kind of intrigued to see what Tom will look like. Uh, in the playoffs outside of that Patriots system. So that's what I'm intrigued by. I but think he's going to be happy. So. He's top three in pad. He ended the season top three in passing. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so let's move it on. Let's flip it to Sunday. Sunday, this, these great matchups do not stop. Ooh, I can't wait, man. I'm getting excited. What today is, man? I, is it Saturday yet? But, hey, Sunday, we'll flip the order, Ramon. We'll let you lead off on these Sunday Sunday matchups, and the first one we'll get on Sunday, ooh, the Ravens and them Titans. I think me and Los watched that one together. Los, remember that? Mm-hmm. We watched that one together last year. But, yep. Ramon, kick it off, man. What you think the Ravens and the Titans on uh, – they'll be playing at noon Central time on ABC. Check it yeah. out. Um, I think what's going to be big in this matchup, honestly, it is – it's put up a shut-up time for Lamar Jackson. Uh, we've seen him get into the playoffs uh, these last two years, and we've seen pretty much disappointing performances uh, when he's been on the big stage, uh, actually having more turnovers uh, than touchdowns. And so I think it's going to be very interesting to see how he comes out. Uh, we saw this matchup earlier in the year. Uh, it was an overtime matchup that, you know, went down uh, to the end at the Titans edge that went out. But what I will say is the Titans – they have that playoff formula. Derrick Henry is unstoppable, <laughs> man. Like one of the greatest. Yeah. One of the greatest we've ever seen. Yeah. One what of the I greatest say, we've ever seen. I, did, I didn't anticipate that with Derrick Henry, honestly. Like Me I thought neither. he was gonna get to the league and be okay. Right. Um, I didn't anticipate that he would be this dominant. And it's just because he's just a complete back. Like at that size, of course he's gonna uh-huh. have the power that he has. But to have the the speed that he has on top of that, power, it don't make any sense. It, it doesn't make any it, sense. He's like a, a running back you made. You remember when you could create a play yeah. on Madden? That is him. That is literally yeah. him. You're watching a Madden made player, and to have a two thousand yard season and it, it, yeah. with with no, I'm talking about he made it look easy. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. But okay. saying all that and giving Derrick Henry all that credit. I believe that Lamar Jackson is going to step up. I believe that he's been hearing the talk. He's been hearing the chatter. He knows what's been said about him in the big games, in the big moments. And I believe that this will be Lamar Jackson's game right here. This will be the game where he really puts himself – I mean, he's already on the map, but this will show people that he can perform in the big-time moments, in the big-time games. I know he kind of struggled against them early in the season, but I'm predicting a big day from Lamar Jackson – um, and I see this still being a relatively close game. It'll be a one-possession game, but I'm taking uh, the Baltimore Ravens in this one. Okay. And I want to add something. This will be a great opportunity. I just traded for Lamar Jackson on my dynasty team in our dynasty league. So this will be a great opportunity to scout out my um, current and future franchise quarterback. Go ahead, Los. What's your prediction? <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to just <laughs> – I'm going to go with um, the Ravens as well. Um, I think, you know, they hear in the chatter about them, you know, Lamar Jackson being 0-2 in the playoffs. He's never won a playoff game. I think this is the time he gets it done, you know. And the Titans, they have struggled lately. Their, their, their defense has struggled lately. You know, the Texans mm-hmm. lit them up last week, yeah. you know, and they barely struggled to beat them. You know, it took, came down to A.J. Brown, long catch and a field goal. Oh, they were getting ready to go to overtime with the Texans who struggled all year. So I can really see um, the Ravens getting on top of them and, 
and running the ball. And, you know, we got to talk about it, man. Dobbins is another one of those rookie running backs who, who came changed the game. Late. Right, came, he came on, on late. late, you know. And so I can definitely see them feeding him more. You know, you see slowly they started phasing out Mark Ingram. You know, Mark Ingram is starting to look washed. He's starting to get close to that 30, you know, that 30-year-old running back. You know, they start losing a step at that point. So I can definitely see, you know, them – Feeding Dobbins and Gus Edwards more in this playoff run and just, you know, getting on top of the Titans. Because we've seen when they're able to stop Derrick Henry and they got to take Derrick Henry off the field and being bringing their passing running back, they're a different team, you know. And I think they're going to force them to do that, you know. And, again, I think every team tries to do that, right? But I think, again, they built their team this offseason, right? They went and got Calais Campbell you know, and put him on that line for this reason, for this playoff game. And so it'll be interesting to see how this thing uh, ends up going. Well, that matchup during the regular season went into overtime and the Titans ended up winning that, winning that game 30 to 24. So that just showed you how evenly matched this, this team will go. I'm going to go uh, with the Ravens here. Uh, I think Lamar Jackson will get his first playoff win. I think he'll be solidified uh, going forward. He, he's already in a, the reigning NFL MVP. I think that he'll come out uh, striking them. And like you said, the, the, the defense is so – the Titans defense is so suspect right now. So that – I'm going to go – I'm going to go – I'm not going to linger on. I'm going to go Ravens on this one. All right, so we got the next matchup is my New Orleans Saints. <sighs> Facing the Chicago Bears, um, go ahead, take it away, Ramon. Okay, I, oh, I gotta tell. You, I gotta I tell. Gonna I gotta floor with your Saints, but uh, I mean, all right, you want me to give? All right, so this yeah. game is coming on at CBS on uh, at three forty Central Time. Uh, we're ten point favorites in this game with the, versus the Bears. The playoffs always scared me because of so many moments that I haven't been. Uh, quiet about on this podcast and history just about how many bad breaks we've gotten uh here it's a it's a very uncertain game uh for us because of drew Brees. you know he looked great in week 17 he looked awesome uh but he's still coming back from that rib injury um mt we, we hadn't seen him in a while i think he's only played like three games this season if that so it's been real tough uh, to to watch, but we but some kind of way we still ended up with the second seed and we still dominate, and that's because of that front seven. So if anything, I do believe in that front seven. I do believe in our defense. Uh, I do believe in Dennis Allen. Uh, that's that's leading this defense. We're very talented on on the on the front seven. So because of that, I will say that we are finally equipped for a playoff run. And that's because this is probably the best defense that we've had maybe since our first playoff run. So I think because of that, we will prevail. And I think I'm, I'm going to take us and uh, we got a 10 point spread, but I, I, I think, a, I think we win by a touchdown uh, in this game. And I think Drew, I think Drew, I, after what I saw last week, I'm very confident that he can, you know, he's, he's getting on the roll and getting back into, into form. Um. I guess I'll go ahead and chime in. Uh, I actually think that this is going to be – I know you're, you're playing it conservative because it's your Saints. You don't want to hype it up too much. You don't want to hype it up for the big letdown. Uh, but I honestly believe this is the most lopsided game of the week. Um, <laughs> Come on, what I'm going to cover, man. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I got to call it like I see it. I think it's the most lopsided game of the weekend. I really don't believe it'll be um, that close. I believe that – the Saints being kind of more so in full form. Alvin Kamara has been the AK that that we know him to be. Uh, last year was kind of a blip on the radar with the injuries, but this year, like, it, you can debate him being, you know, whatever you want to say, top five in the league or the, the best weapon in the league, whatever you want to call him. Uh, he's right up there. I think Michael Thomas being back in that offense will give that offense another shot in the arm. Whether he's typical MT, we're not totally sure about that or what we're going to see in plus – He's going to have to be playing his way back into game shape. We know it's a difference between you getting those practice reps and you actually getting the game reps. But I still think ultimately he'll be enough of himself. I really don't see this one being that close, but it's just, you know, my opinion. I'm taking the Saints big on this one. Most lopsided game of the weekend. Yeah, so looking at it right now, um, obviously the Saints are nine and a half favorite and then over under 47. And so I actually got the Bears winning this game. 
I think I think this is gonna be the upset of the week. Wow. You know, so I'm putting this down as an upset. No, you said it's the most lopsided, but I've got this as the upset of the week just because I look at this Bears team and how they've been playing lately to even get into this playoff conversation. And so I think really what Trubisky has been doing and how they've been moving the pocket with him and not necessarily keeping him in the pocket, knowing he's not a pocket passer like that. So um, and I think they have Montgomery. We got to talk about how well he's been running the ball. I think they're going to lean heavily on him, and I think their defense is going to do enough to keep them in this game, and I got it as being an upset. Well, one thing about it, I mean, it, I think that what where we where it resides on the defensive side, I think we've been – this is, like I said, the best defense that we've had. I mean, top five defense in the league. And I think one of our strong suits is against the run. So – I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, but I, I, I'm with Ramon. I, I think that we'll pull it off ultimately. As uh, long as we don't peak into next week, we'll be fine. So the the, the third game in the wrap up, the nightcap on that game is a bit, is another one that I'm looking forward to as well, and that's the Browns and the Steelers uh, on NBC 7:15 Central Time on Sunday night. Uh, the Steelers coming in as a six point favorite. Ramon, take it away. Yeah, I think that um, this matchup is interesting from the standpoint of Kevin Stefanski being out. Um, I think that this was one of the things that we kind of feared most with this NFL season, with knowing that they wouldn't be operating within a bubble or anything like that. Um, Seeing us having, you know, big people missing uh, big time, prime time playoff games. And so now you see the Cleveland Browns who haven't been in the playoffs in I believe like 18 plus years or something like that. They finally get back into the playoffs and they have to go into their first game without their head coach. Um, The head coach who really has had Baker Mayfield playing the best football of his career at this point. And I think that that's not something that's a light thing. I know that people can talk about the preparation and and all of that and, 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 you know, okay, they can do all of this with him, but I think that that's going to have an impact. I believe that the Steelers will ultimately get this done just because of their experience, them being in the big games, you know, being Roethlisberger, being what a two-time Super Bowl champion, you having Mike Tomlin with that experience. But also, too, like I said, I believe that the Kevin Stefanski, him missing is going to have an impact on that team. You know, you don't just pluck out your head coach and that doesn't mean anything to the team. So I'm looking at the Steelers taking this even with their struggles their run game does scare me um, in the playoffs, them still not being able to find that run game. I believe a lot of what you're going to see is still some of that short passing game to supplement and kind of almost act as, as their run. Um, but just because of the experience factor, because of the factor of Kevin Stefanski not being there, not really seeing the Browns on this stage before, not seeing Baker on this stage before, I'm going to have to go with the Steelers in this one. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you. Um, I won't keep it long, but again, the Browns had to beat the Steelers to get into the playoffs. But hey, surprise, you get us again next <laughs> next week. So, you know, and they barely beat them with Mason Rudolph, who is, you know, not even a good quarterback. So now you got Big Ben who has the experience coming in and you got all their full weapons and the players they, you know, because the Steelers was obviously playing it safe and trying to keep, you know, their key players healthy you know, throughout the game. So I can definitely see the Steelers winning this game. Um, I think they step up. I, I don't think it'll be a blowout by any sense. Again, you play these teams this often, you know your stuff. It's going to come down who's going to make the key plays, right? Who's And I think Big Ben is going to make those key plays. That third down, that much-needed third down to keep the clock going, um, you know, that key throw down the field to maybe, you know, Johnson and, you know, Claypool. So I think right now – I think the Steelers are going to make enough plays to uh, win this game. So that leaves me. I, I think the Steelers are going to win. I'll keep it short. Uh, I think that is not a far gone conclusion that they will win. Um, just considering what Los just said, y'all covered it well. Um, I do think that what will be a factor and a concern to me if I were a Steelers fan, uh, which I'm dating one, so which which I tell her is that. Look, man, y'all fizzled out towards the end of the season. Like, the way that y'all – I wouldn't want to look if, – if there was any way I did not want to look, it's like the Steelers look 
coming into the playoffs. Right. You don't really know what you're going to get. Uh, and they went on, they, they ripped off 11 straight wins, and then it's just like they ran out of gas towards the end. That will be a concern for me. But like I said, I think that it will be a close game, and I think the Steelers will ultimately win that one. But it will be close. It will be close by the skin of your teeth. I, I'm thinking that it will be one play that one play itself that we'll be able to point to in that game that deciphers between a winner and a loser there. So that's the wrap on Wild Card Weekend, fellas. What y'all, what y'all plans for it, man? What y'all doing for the games, man? Sitting at home and enjoying it. <laughs> Same here, man. Man, I'm trying to get too fat, man. Busting open. <laughs> y'all have to order some new pants after that. Sitting on the couch and eating all them snacks, right? <laughs> You know, I'm gonna be, you know, I'm gonna probably be chilling, just, you know, like I, like I said, just chilling in the crib and watching it, man. I mean, it, it's a full slate of football on the, on, on our plate, so I'm gonna digest it all. I can't wait to get back with you guys next week to discuss what we saw. Uh, you got a lot of interesting storylines, of course, that we mentioned, and that's uh, we want to see Lamar Jackson will he overcome, get his first win. I want to see Baker in 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 his in his playoff debut. See what he can do. See what type of quarterback they have. So it's it's gonna be interesting to see. And I'm interested. I want to know, Lowe's, if you got some type of insight, who y'all starting that quarterback Saturday, bro? If I had the best, I'll say it was John Wolford. And I you think really think it's another week. Wow, wow. So, all right, man. So that's a wrap on it all. We appreciate you guys for listening and hanging around with us this long. If you enjoy what you heard, of course, make sure that you're sharing this link with a fan. Make sure that you friend make sure that you're subscribing to the podcast on google podcast apple podcast as well as stitcher and um just hit us up on all our socials o underscore benchwoman on twitter and instagram as you said we're gonna try to post our prediction picks this weekend but you won't see it unless you're following us on o underscore benchwarmers uh man just just holler comment on that post and Tell us what you think. Tell us what your predictions are for this game. But until the next time, we'll let y'all know next week how we felt about this past weekend. We're going to go ahead and get on out of here. Later.